0: Hey, what's going on, Abdullah? How are you doing?
1: Doing pretty well, Lorenzo. How are you doing yourself? Doing
0: really well. So, uh, welcome everybody to the NFL show and the Loro Antonio Sport Talk podcast. I'm your host, Loro Antonio. Today on our show, we're going to re- react to the Michael Bennett trade to the Patriots, as well as a potential reunion with the Patriots with Danny Amendola, and also the re- uh, and the signing of Eric Weddle to my NFC team in the LA Rams. So first things first, let's get, and then also preview the off season for the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. And then I also have some changes to my mock draft that we'll go over for sure. So let's start with the uh, reaction to yesterday when my Patriots got Michael Bennett, I was like, when I found out the Patriots got Michael Bennett, I was like, let's go. And, this Patriot team should be the number one-led te- one team in defense in the NFL this year with the addition of Michael Bennett.
1: Well, I think for me, the fact that they traded for Michael Bennett means that they're probably going to let Trey Flowers go in free agency because he's sort of going to play in that – he's going to play in the same role as Trey Flowers. Now, obviously, in recent years, the Patriots have had success – with signing or trading for veteran players and sort of getting um, um, that last bit of um, whatever they have left in the tank out of them. So I do like the Michael Bennett signing because he was really good for the Eagles last year as well. And
0: I think he'll be very, very good for the Patriots as well. Here's what I think. I, I want to have to disagree with your opinion about losing Trey Flowers, because even though that Michael Bennett is a member of the Patriots, it doesn't close the door for for Trey Flowers to return to the Patriots because for me, I expect the Patriots to keep Trey Flowers and how I view their front four, the Patriots defensive line. For me, I have it like this. Dietrich Wise Jr., Trey Flowers on the, on the edges. And then Malcolm Brown and also Michael Bennett in the middle.
1: I mean, that can work. I mean, Bennett's a little bit undersized to play inside, like in first and second down. But there are instances, even the Eagles did this, and when he was in Seattle, they did this as well. Like in third down situations, they'd move him inside as a pass rusher. Um, but no, it is true. I mean, Trey Flowers can always re-sign with the pa- or sign in free agency with the Patriots. I mean, a couple of years ago, I remember Dante Hightower did that. He hit the open market, and I think he actually got offered more money by the Jets, but he decided to re-sign with the Patriots. Just because I think a lot of that to do with scheme fit, and also the fact that the Patriots could use him the best. So it certainly is
0: a possibility. Yeah, I expect the Patriots to keep uh, Trey Flowers, and I also want I also expect them to uh, re-sign Ma- Malcolm Brown. And also, I I also think when it comes to reunions and coming out of retirements, I expect Martellus Bennett to come out of retirement to play for the Patriots again. And I also expect the Patriots to bring back Danny Amendola since I called that he uh, was going to get released by the Dolphins.
1: I mean, it makes sense. He's familiar with the system. He definitely had success with the Patriots. So um, I don't see why not. I mean, it really just comes down to, I guess, what Amendola wants. Does he want to go to a team that's going to give him the most money or does he want to win or at least be in the position to win? So it's really going to come down to that.
0: Oh, did you agree? Do you agree with me about the Patriots, that Martellus Bennett coming out of retirement and playing with his brother Michael?
1: I can see that. I mean, um, he seemed to be happy with the Patriots, and I think I remember reading a report where Martellus, Bennett, like the two Bennett brothers, said that they wanted to play with each other at one point, like at one point in their career. So this would be the best opportunity for them to do that. So it, yeah, it definitely is possible.
0: Yeah, I think it's possible because I think I think both Bennett brothers would complement each other well. And I also think – I also expect the Patriots to uh, bring back Jason McCourty too, too because I think Devin's coming back and I, I see Jason McCourty playing for the Patriots for another season as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jason McCourty, he's had a pretty solid couple of years. I mean, even the year before with the Browns he was pretty good after a lot of people thought he was kind of washed up. You know, it's going to be interesting with Jason McCourney. I'm sure that they would try to bring him back. But it really depends on how the market for him looks like in free agency. Um, If he can potentially get a multi-year deal and a little bit more money from a different team, he might be swayed to go in a different direction only because he is starting to get a little bit up there in age. So, he he's like, if he comes back to the Patriots, it's probably going to be like on another one-year deal kind of thing. Like, he's not... He's not going to get that much money, so being on the open market, this might be the last time he might get sort of a big payday, so it really depends. It depends on what he
0: wants. Maybe. We'll see about that, but uh, but in the end, I expect Jason McCourty to play with his brother Devin on the Patriots again for another year.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that would be – if the Patriots bring him back, it would be fantastic because he played very well last year. I mean, we all know that play he made in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, he would he would it would be great if they brought him back.
0: Yeah, and I also expect the Patriots to have reunions with Danny Amendola and Martellus Bennett as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, both of those guys have been part of that system. So you bring them back, um, it's not going to be a huge huge adjustment period for them. They can just come right in. You can plug it right into the offense, and they'll fit seamlessly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I agree on that, but. With that being said, uh, let's also talk about the Antonio Brown fallout. So it looks like the Oakland Raiders are putting a deal together to get Antonio Brown. I think, I think the Raiders will send their, I think their fifth round pick, I believe to the Steelers in that deal.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. You referred to the, the Instagram live where he was like him and some of his friends were training. And then one of his friends said, you already have the and black arm. Um, Honestly, if I'm the Raiders, I wouldn't trade for Antonio Brown. I guess, you know, if you give up a fifth-round pick for him, it's not terrible. But it's one of those where apparently – so at least my understanding is – so Antonio Brown wants to get traded to a team that he wants, and then when he gets traded to that team, he wants a contract extension as well. So it's just what – it's kind of weird. Like, I just don't see the Raiders giving him a contract extension just because – they're sort of in a, they're in a rebuild essentially and it doesn't make sense for them to bring in a 30-year-old wide receiver. Granted he's the best receiver in the NFL, but the Raiders need to focus on getting younger, not bringing in older players, especially ones with like problems in the locker room. So, or at least a player that causes problems in the locker room, like it's not really good for a young team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, maybe it's going to be hard for the Steelers to trade Antonio Brown but if they don't trade him then he's going to suit up in a Steelers uniform in 2019 that's for sure
1: well um i th- i think i mean like the real extreme case at-, at least based on like what Antonio Brown said in an interview i think yes he did with ESPN he said that he doesn't he doesn't need football but he wants football so i'm assuming that if he doesn't get traded by the Steelers, he might sit out the year. That's certainly a possibility. What were you saying again? I said that. Um, so apparently, he did an interview with ESPN, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he he mentioned something about how like he doesn't need football, but he wants the game. So if he doesn't get traded from the Steelers, he's probably just going to sit out the year.
0: That could be. We'll wait and see. So, uh, so with that being said here, uh, so that being said here, let's talk about. My NFC team in the LA Rams and analyze the addition of Eric Weddle. That means the Rams are prepared to move on from Lamarcus Joyner. So tell me uh, what you think of this move for the Rams to get uh, 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 Eric Weddle to the mix of the secondary.
1: Well, so like you mentioned, this probably means Lamarcus Joyner is gone. It's one of those where, yeah, you're signing a veteran player. And yes, Lamarcus Joyner is probably a better player, but. The benefit of having someone like an Eric Weddle is he's a veteran player. He's played on playoff teams. He's been around teams that have made runs in the playoffs. So having that veteran presence can help some potential young players that the Rams bring in. And he's a proven player. So he's, he's shown that he's had success in the NFL. He's a pro-ball level player. Obviously, he isn't quite what he used to be because he's getting up there in age. But it's a solid replacement overall for someone like LaMarcus Joyner. And also you're getting him um, on a cheaper deal. Because I think it's a two-year, $12 million contract with incentives. So you're getting him on about $6 million a year. You would probably have to pay Joyner, I would say, around maybe $10 million, even more on the open market. So from a salary cap standpoint, it also makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, getting Eric Weddle in the short term makes sense because they could also – Whenever Eric Weddle decides to hang up the cleats, they could draft a successor for Weddle in, for the Rams, like a, a, a younger safety that could be an even better version, like a LaMarcus Joyner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is with uh, LaMarcus Joyner is one of those players where I remember he first started off his career as a corner. And when, when Wade Phillips took over the Rams defense, they moved him to safety and he, he started playing well. But again, it's just one of those where it's like it's kind of similar to the situation with the Giants when they let Landon Collins at the open market. Like he's a very good player, but do you want to pay a very good player, top tier elite money? Like, do you want to do that? Especially when you're a team that's kind of hamstrung in terms of salary cap space. Do you you don't want to do that? So it's like if you could bring in a solid veteran guy that can give you similar production at a much cheaper rate, you're probably gonna do that. And that's what the Rams did.
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh so that being said here, uh let's also let's also talk about uh, now that they with the Rams situation, they released Mark Barron and they're saving money for them to extend Goff and Peters and Talib. So you think Jared Goff's extension with the Rams is going to come first?
1: I think out of those three players, he's the one that they would prioritize. Um, I don't see them giving Marcus Peters a long-term deal or a keep to even though they're both entering contract years. Well, Tlaib, I think it's just one of those where he's just getting up there in age. Maybe you give him another one-year deal after this season, but I don't see anything long-term. Marcus Peters, he's shown that he's kind of taken a step back ever since he got traded from the Chiefs. He just isn't the same player for whatever reason. I know he's dealt with some injuries, but he just isn't quite the same player. And with Jared Goff being the quarterback, you have to prioritize him. And I feel like the longer you wait, the more money you're going to have to pay him. So if the Rams could get an extension as as soon as possible, it would make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to analyze this with you. So I think, I think, this offseason for the Rams, now that they got Mark Barron's contract off the books, most likely they're going to lose Sue and Joyner. That saves money for them to extend their franchise quarterback. So, I think that this offseason, the Rams will prioritize giving Jared Goff a contract extension first. Since he only has two years left in his current contract, and it's most likely that the Rams pick up his fifth year option on his uh, current contract right now. Because he's a guy that really has shown that he has gotten better from being a bust 2016 until getting better and better since 2017.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. He's gotten better every single year. But, and and that's, that's another interesting point. Like That's actually kind of a dilemma that the Rams have right now. Because, uh, And I'm sure you know this, like last year there was a stat or this past season there was a stat out there where the six highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, their teams didn't make the playoffs. So the Rams are in a situation right now where they're thinking – Goff's going into year four, he has that fifth year option. Do we give him the extension now and sort of limit our salary cap flexibility for the next two seasons? Or do we keep him on the rookie contract and then whatever his market price is at the end of the, the fourth year, like going into the fifth year, when we negotiate a new contract, whatever his market price is, we'll just have to pay him that. So it's really it's a really interesting um Dilemma, The Eagles are another team that are in that same boat. Do you sacrifice like present flexibility for future security at your quarterback at the quarterback position? So it's really interesting. It will be it will be interesting to see how it all plays out.
0: Yeah, but for me, I expect I expect the Rams to extend Jared Goff.
1: Yeah, I mean it's definitely gonna. He's getting extended. Like he's not leaving the Rams. He's, he's going to be there for sure. They're going to lock him up. It's just a matter of when they do it. And I, I like I can understand them doing it as soon as possible. I just feel like because you have a lot of other high-priced – like you just paid Aaron – you just paid Aaron Donald. And, like, if, if they were to extend Jared Goff now, now that I think about it, it's like can you bring in other players? Because part of the reason why they were able to – Bring in a keep lead, trade for Marcus Peters, sign the Dominican two to a one year deal was because they still have Jared Goff on a, on a rookie contract. But if you sign him to a big time deal and give him like 30 million a year, you can't bring in a lot of those guys. You're gonna have to rely on draft picks. So it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. But you think you said that you think Jared Goff's gonna be around for a long time, but it's a matter of when they get the extension done.
1: Yeah, that, that that's it's really about the timetable. He's not going anywhere. He's their guy. They're not gonna let him hit the open market at all. He's gonna get re signed. It's just a matter of when.
0: Oh, I just wanted to make sure what just double check to see to so that I know what you're saying. But what you're saying is that you think Jared you believe that Jared Goff's gonna be a Ram for a long time. I believe so as well. But it's gonna be a matter of time when they get an extension done with him.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: So that being said, uh Let's talk about our offseason outlook topics for the day. Let's talk about the, uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. So, uh, so let's start with the Cleveland Browns, but our question today on this show is for you, and you, if this is an easy question for you to answer, here's the question of the day. Which new head coach out of the Ohio NFL teams will make an impact in their first year as head coach? Are you going with Freddie Kitchens or Zach Taylor? Well, you know, it's interesting. Because Freddie Kitchens had an impact last year with
1: the Browns. Now, since your question is as a head coach, you know, it's it's really interesting. I, I think it's going to be Zach Taylor. He'll have more of an impact just because it's it's sort of like, like Cincinnati the, or the Bengals had a really down year last year. I mean, granted, they had a lot of injuries and stuff. But for them, like, bringing in someone like Zach Taylor, it's it's a completely different shift than what they had before. Like, not only was Marvin Lewis a defensive-minded head coach, but he'd been there for almost more, like, more than a decade. So it's a huge, huge change. Now, I think it might take some time, but I do think that Zach Taylor's going to help get a lot or the most out of a lot of players, like John Ross, who they drafted in the top 10 a couple years ago. I actually, he's going to, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to this later, but, I think he's going to be their breakout player for the Bengals, assuming they still keep him. Um, And I think that he's going to really help out Andy Dalton as well. But yeah, to answer the
0: question, I think it's going to be Zach Taylor. For me, I'm going with Freddie Kitchens because the Cleveland Browns made the right choice in staying in-house and making Freddie Kitchens the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns taking over for Hugh Jackson. Because like we talked about before, the – in these days, right now in the NFL, it's a passing league, and I think, uh, I think, I think the relationship with Mayfield and uh, Kitchens will speak dividends.
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he's Baker Mayfield's you can make an argument, he's essentially the reason why they promoted Freddie Kitchens to, to become the head coach. It's the only reason I gave Zach Taylor the nod over him is because. Freddie Kitchens already had success last year, like, as a coordinator. And I just feel like Zach Taylor has more work to do, if that makes sense. Like, the Browns are more ready to make a push in the playoffs just because their roster is better than the Bengals. The Bengals have a lot more question marks. And I feel like
0: since Zach Taylor has more to do, I think he'll have more of an impact. Oh, okay. I I can understand what you're saying here because because, – because Zach Taylor I think in in my opinion will save uh will save Andy Dalton's career.
1: Yeah, because like for me like with with Freddie Kitchens like how much is he really going to change things? I think like the Browns are really going to keep things kind of like how it was last year, but with the Bengals they're probably going to go in a completely different direction.
0: So it'll be interesting to monitor that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh when it comes – now let's talk about the team needs for the Cleveland Browns. They need offensive line help, and I think they could also use the free agent market to get some receivers for Baker Mayfield, too, another guy that could complement Jarvis Landry.
1: Yeah, I think for me their biggest need is tackle on the offensive line. Um, we, all saw, we all saw what happened last year, like not having Joe Thomas, You know, obviously him retiring. Like it was a huge need for them. Um, I know they tried out Joel Batonio at tackle for a little bit. I think it was the first preseason game. They gave him some reps there. It didn't quite look like he was comfortable there, so they ended up moving him back inside to guard. So that should definitely be a priority for them um, in free agency and in the draft. Linebacker's another need, especially since they just got rid of Jamie Collins. I could see them maybe going after a guy like a Jordan Hicks in free agency or maybe in the draft go after someone like a Devin Bush from Michigan. So those are definitely uh, realistic targets for them. It'll be interesting interesting to see
0: who they decide to go after. Yeah, and then when it comes to the Browns, for me, uh, my mock draft, I have them drafting. I originally had them getting Mac Wilson from Alabama, but I changed my mind. I have them getting uh, Greg Little, the offensive tackle from Mississippi from Old Miss, at pick seventeen. Yeah,
1: I mean that would definitely fit a huge need fill a huge need for them. It's just one of those where it's like I, and this is one of the reasons why I love the NFL draft so much. It's like you really just don't know what's going to happen because sometimes like some like really good players that are like top 10 picks fall in the draft. And it's not because they're not good players, it's just because sometimes teams take quarterbacks and like because quarterbacks are just so much more valuable, it it pushes players down the draft board. So it'll be really interesting to see. But if they can get a guy like a, like a, uh, if, if someone like Jonah Williams falls to, I think they pick 17th to, to 17th for them, it would be, I, th- I think the Browns would love that. Yeah. I, in my mock
0: draft, like I talked about, I have them getting Greg little with the 17th pick in the 2019 draft.
1: Yeah. no, I, That'd be a great addition for them. What was it? That, that would be a great, great pickup for them.
0: You were saying that would be a great pickup for them to get yep. little?
1: Yep, because it would, it, would, it would address a need. And having a young quarterback, you want to always have a good offensive line. So if you can address that offensive line, keep it intact, it'll help make your quarterback's job a lot easier.
0: And then my breakout players for the Cleveland Browns this year are on, uh, on offense. It's Baker Mayfield. And on defense, Jabril Peppers.
1: Hmm, that's interesting. So, for me, on
0: offense, I'm going to go with
1: Austin Corbett because I'm sure, as you know, they just recently traded Kevin Zeitler to the Giants, and I feel like they don't make that trade unless they're really high on Austin Corbett. So, I think he's going to be their breakout. He's um he's a guard that they drafted last year in the second round. I think they're pretty high on him. Now, on defense, it's pretty interesting. Um, Even though he had a pretty solid year last year, I'm going to say Gerald Avery, He's going to have a breakout year. Like He's going to play even better because they just acquired Olivier Vernon. So they got someone opposite of Miles Garrett. Now they're going to, it's going to let in those third down situations, they're going to be able to come out with multiple defensive ends or multiple edge rushers at the same time and just you know, unleash on the opposing team's offense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so with that being said here, uh, now let's talk about the Bengals. Their team needs are they need offensive line help, especially getting a tackle, and they also need a, l- a lot of defensive help in overhauling that defense. So for me when it comes to the NFL draft with the 11th pick in the draft, I have the Bengals selecting Cody Ford.
1: Yeah, I mean one of the things that's that's good about Cody Ford is he's very flexible and virtual as an offensive lineman um in the sense that they could play him at right tackle if they wanted to, they could play him inside. Um, he played at Oklahoma, so they since they threw the ball a lot in Oklahoma, he's used to being a good pass blocker. If they can if they can get someone like him, that'd be a great addition. Another guy from Washington State, Andre Dillard. He's a guy who had a really good combine. He's sort of moving up a lot of teams' draft boards. If they can get someone like him, he'd also be a solid addition for them. So yeah, I mean the Bengals have a lot of needs. If they can get someone like Devin White to fall to like number eleven. That, that not only would that fill the need, but they'd be getting one of the best players in the draft as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, and what can you tell me again Like what the Bengals' team needs are in 2019? I would say, like you
1: mentioned, uh, uh, the right side of the offensive line needs some work. Linebackers, they definitely need some help there. Um, if they can maybe get Geno Atkins some help on the interior, that would be a plus as well. Because they're kind of fine at edge rusher, even though Carlos Dunlap is getting a little bit up there in age. But if they can, if they can maybe get Geno Atkins some help as well, that that would be that would that would help that would help the team as well. So those are really their main needs, I would say.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. But really, I think their top needs are is offensive line help and also they need they need linebacker help for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So that being said, uh, my breakout players for the Bengals this year is on offense: uh, Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard, and and Tyler Boyd, and on defense, Drake Kirkpatrick.
1: So for me, on offense, I have Jaron Ross. I think with Zach Taylor being the head coach, he's really going to have a breakout year. I feel like... Now, I'm not saying he's going to make like the all-pro team or anything, but I really feel like he's going to show... Zach Taylor's going to get the most out of him. I just feel like when you're a guy who runs a 4 like he did at the combine, setting the record... You, you have a place in the NFL, and it's really just being in the right system and being in the right fit and having the right head coach, and I feel like someone like Zach Taylor will maximize that, uh, maximize his talent, I should say. Now, on defense, I think it's going to be Sam Hubbard. Even though he did play – he had some pretty good moments last year. I think he really takes the next step this year and could potentially be that successor to someone like Carlos Dunlap, who they might potentially move on from. As uh, the following season, because he's getting up there in age, so him he's one guy I see being a breakout player for them on defense. Uh, Jordan Willis, another guy that they have on the, on the defensive line, I see him being another breakout player. So the Bengals have some youth on the on the defensive line. It's just a lot of those players are young and they really just haven't gotten a lot of reps. Um, I think over time they'll get better.
0: Yeah, I think the time would get better there for sure. So. Um, but that being said here uh, let's I'm going to tell you my revised mock draft from picks 1 through 5 so I changed my mind on that so I'm going to start with Arizona's pick at number 1 I originally had Nick Bosa going number 1 to the Cardinals but I changed my mind here I think Josh Rosen's going to get traded to the I think Josh Rosen's going to get traded to the uh, Washington Redskins and I have the Arizona Cardinals selecting Kyler Murray number 1
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that as well. I mean, I have Kyler Murray going number one. The only thing for me is I'm not really sure where Josh Rosen is going to get traded. I don't see Washington as a landing spot, even though they did inquire about him, only because they just traded for Case Keenum. And what that shows me is they're not really in love with this year's quarterback class. I could see them maybe still going after someone like Rosen, but... Maybe they decided to trade for Keenan because the price tag was too high. So I would assume like the Cardinals are probably asking for like a first round pick or something. And the Redskins just don't want to give that up. So we'll see. I mean, there's also been reports that the Patriots might trade their first round pick for Josh Rosen, which I could totally see happening. So we'll see. I mean, it's an interesting situation to monitor.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a situation to monitor, but do you agree that you think Josh Rosen's going to get traded somewhere, though?
1: Yeah, they have to. It, it just doesn't make sense for them to draft Kyler Murray and then keep Rosen on the roster. You essentially spent a top-10 pick on a guy that's never going to play. So they're going to have to trade him.
0: So where do you think that's – I think Josh Rosen gets traded to the Redskins.
1: I don't think so because if he was going to get traded for the Redskins or to the Redskins, they weren't, they would not have traded for Case Keenum. Um, and for me, I, like I said, I think the price tag may have been too high for the Redskins. I could see the Patriots as a landing spot. The only thing is if he goes to the Patriots, he's obviously not going to play right away. Um, as far as spots that would make sense if he were to play right away, you know, it's really interesting. Um, it really comes down to what the price tag is. I mean, the Jaguars could be like a sleeper team, even though I think they're probably going to – they're looking like they're probably going to go after Nick Foles. Um, I've heard the Giants get thrown out as a name. The only reason I, I don't see the Giants as a landing spot is they don't really have a good offensive line. And part of the reason why Rosen struggled his first year with the Cardinals was the offensive line play wasn't really good. And he really needs a good offensive line because he's he's not really mobile. He's more of a pure pocket passer. So he needs to go to a team that has a good offensive line. So from that standpoint, the Patriots would make perfect sense.
0: Yeah, I think Josh Rosen for me. I think he. I think he's going to get traded to the Dolphins. That would be interesting. Um, or I'm not ruling out this possibility that the Dolphins could also, most likely, could also trade for. Jacoby Brissett of the Colts because Jacoby Brissett is familiar with Brian Flores and former Patriots wide receivers coach Chad O'Shea, and he knows some of the Patriots coaches on that staff as well.
1: Yeah, I can totally see that happening. That's probably a more realistic option for the Dolphins trading for someone like Jacoby Brissett because I think because even if they trade for Brissett, he's going to be sort of like that rental quarterback, like a short-term fix, just just someone that they could have going into next season. I still think um, next year they're probably gonna try and draft the quarterback, um, just have that young franchise quarterback. So Brian Flores has sort of his guy. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm, the Patriots do make a lot of sense for me for Josh Rosen. It's just he's not gonna play right away. That's the only thing. And is he is he okay with sitting two three years on the bench? That's gonna be a big deal. So.
0: Yeah, we'll see about that. So with that being said here, so I, I originally, like I told you before, I originally had Nick Bosa going number one to the Cardinals, but I changed my mind that I think the Cardinals are going to trade Josh Rosen somewhere and they're going to draft Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray fits Cliff Kingsbury's uh, offensive system better.
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's also an upgrade for the quarterback because in my opinion, Kyler Murray is better than Josh Rosen. That's not to say Josh Rosen isn't a good quarterback. I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna go wherever he gets traded to. He's gonna he's gonna play very well. It's just to me, Kyler Murray makes more sense in Arizona. So you think
0: so? You so now you think the Cardinals will draft Kyler Murray number one instead of Nick Bosa, and that Josh Rosen's gone in Arizona. Oh yeah, no, I I was I always
1: thought that 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 was what was gonna happen once Kyler Murray declared for the draft and like made it official that he was sticking to football and coupling that with the fact that Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach of the Cardinals, I knew that they were going to go out. They're going to, they're going to, at least, I think they're going to draft him number one, in my opinion.
0: I I am with you on that 100%. Kyler Murray number one of the Cardinals and expect him to be their week one starter, assuming that Kyler Murray gets drafted by the Cardinals number one, because I think Cliff Kingsbury right away will make him his, his starting quarterback.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Totally agree.
0: Do you agree with that that once Kyler Murray is, is drafted by the Cardinals that Cliff Kingsbury is going to pencil his name in as the starting quarterback for the Cardinals?
1: Yeah, absolutely. What was it? Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree.
0: All right, so now let's go on to the 49ers pick. I originally had them getting Quinn and Williams at 2, but now I have the Cardinal. now I have the 49ers selecting Nick Bosa at number 2. That that's going to be
1: interesting so it kind of shows you the ripple effect that um the cardinals drafting kyle murray has because for the next couple teams um the the niners the jets and the raiders they all need help on defense and they're going to be able to get one of the top three defensive guys so it's 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 really it's gonna it's gonna work out great for those for those teams but yeah nick bosa going to the to the niners it's really interesting because I love Nick Bosa, and he's the best pass rusher in this draft. You can't really go wrong with Josh Allen either, at least in my opinion. And to an extent, I kind of value Josh Allen a little bit more. And if I'm being objective, I would want – if I'm the Niners, I'd probably pick Josh Allen over Nick Bosa, and I'll tell you why. Yes, Nick Bosa is the better pass rusher, but I like Allen's versatility and being able to drop him back into the coverage as a linebacker and him being able to keep up with tight ends in coverage – That's a huge asset to any defense. Just having a guy that can do multiple things is is just a huge blessing for any defense.
0: Yeah, that could be, but I know it's in your opinion, but I'm just going to stick to my opinion that I think the Niners need pass rush help. And I think they're going to draft Nick Bosa at number two.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong either way. You're still getting a
0: great player in my opinion.
1: Um, I I could see the Niners going with Nick Bosa from this standpoint because he's the more safer pick. He's the more, like, polished player. Like, you pick Nick Bosa, your pass rush is going to get better. Same thing with Josh Allen. Just with Josh Allen, I guess you could say there's some questions with his size or, like, or his weight. And, like, I guess depending on what scheme you're going to run, like, where are you going to play him? So Bosa is, is probably the safer pick for the Niners. Uh, now,
0: yeah, I agree with that now let's talk about your jets. I originally had them getting Josh Allen and also Rashawn Gary, which we'll get to in just a minute. But I have the New York Jets, your New York Jets, selecting Quinn and Williams out of Alabama.
1: You know, I wouldn't be mad about that pick just because Quinn Williams tore it up at the combine. And I get it's just the combine. Like I've always felt with the combine, like the physical drills don't really matter too much. The only thing that's really important about those is just if a guy's probably coming off a serious injury, just showing that, you know, he still has the athletic ability that he had in college. I've always thought like the 15-minute the, the sit-downs down, sit that teams got with players, those were more valuable because it was sort of the first time that teams can meet some of these players. But the fact that Quentin Williams, the fact that he can move the way he can at the size that he's at, I think he's around 300 pounds, it's just incredible. And if if the Jets could pair him with Leonard Williams, I think that they'd be a really good duo going into next season.
0: Yeah, so that's why I have the Jets going with Quentin Williams at number three and have him pair with Leonard Williams.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I also think that this draft is better on the interior than it is on the edge, so it would make sense for them to – like, they can address the edge rusher position in free agency. But it will be harder for them to go after an interior defensive lineman in free agency because really outside of and Sue and then maybe Malik Jackson, there really aren't that many big names out there.
0: Yeah, so that's why I have, I changed my mind with your Jets going uh, with Quinnen Williams over Rashawn Gary and also Josh Allen. Yeah, absolutely. So now with the fourth pick in the draft, I have the Oakland Raiders with, with first of three draft picks. I originally had them getting Quinnen Williams, but I, th- I think they need a guy that's going to replace Khalil Mack, so that's why I have them getting uh, Josh Allen at number four.
1: Yeah, I mean, if Josh Allen can fall to number four for the Raiders, he, they're definitely going to take him. And, yeah, he's probably the cl- – he's not Khalil Mack, but he's definitely going to help their pass rush. What were we saying? He's not Khalil Mack, but he's definitely going to help their pass rush.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with what you said. He's not Khalil Mack, but Josh Allen will really help with the Oakland Raiders pass rush.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So that's why I have the Raiders in my mock draft going to going with Josh Allen at number four. And then with the fifth pick in the draft, I originally had them getting Quentin Williams to pair with Gerald McCoy, but I realized that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need secondary help, and I have them getting Greedy Williams from LSU to pair with Vernon Hargraves.
1: You know, I, I, I like Greedy Williams's upside. My only problem with him, and he's, he's still a little bit raw as a prospect. His up, I think, to me, he has the most upside out of any of the corners in this draft. And he, from a scheme standpoint, he actually would fit the Buccaneers' new, new system very well because with Todd Bowles being their defensive coordinator, he likes those big physical press man-to-man corners. And you can kind of say Greedy Williams, at least in terms of measurables, is comparable to someone like Patrick Peterson. Obviously, he's not the, the level of player, but from a, from a measurable standpoint, he's similar to that type of player, and Todd Bowles likes those type of players. I just think personally, even though the Buccaneers signed uh, Donovan Smith, their left tackle, to a three-year deal, I think for me they should go after an offensive lineman, someone like maybe Cody Ford or even though that's – Jonah Williams would probably be the better pick because they can always move him inside to guard. I would think that would be a better pick because this is really Jameis Winston's sort of last hurrah, if you will. Like, he's got to have a breakout year
0: this year. If he doesn't, I think they're going to move on from him. I think Jameis Winston has a breakout year in 2019, but I think, the, I, think the, I think the Bucks really need secondary help, and that's why I have them getting Greedy Williams to pair with Vernon Hargraves, an, an SEC pairing with LSU and Florida, me.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, like, if they were going to pick – from a scheme standpoint, Williams definitely fits the bill. It's just my problem with him is because he's a little bit raw. I don't, I don't like him going in the top five to me is a little bit too high. So I could see the Buccaneers potentially trading down with a team that maybe needs a quarterback, which is actually a perfect spot for a team to trade up for a quarterback because you have the Giants picking right after them. So maybe a team wants to sort of jump ahead of the Giants and, you know, maybe pick someone like Dwayne Haskins. So the Bucs could potentially trade down and then draft greedy Williams a little bit later in
0: the first round maybe but I I know I could respect your opinion but when it comes to the sixth pick of the draft I have the Giants getting Dwayne Haskins and I can guarantee that this is going to be Eli Manning's last year as a Giant and I think he's going to retire after the season
1: oh yeah absolutely um but yeah I was just pointing out like this could be a, a spot for a team to trade up to number five and potentially pick uh a quarterback so they can get ahead of the Giants. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the Buccaneers have a lot of needs, so I think their draft is going to be contingent on who they get in free agency if they pick up anyone. So it'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with that, but you agree about Dwayne Haskins being a Giant?
1: You know, honestly,
0: and I know a lot of people might not –
1: Uh, agree with this but i don't think the giants draft the quarterback just because at least if i were them i wouldn't draft the quarterback at six and here's why i wouldn't because they passed up on the quarterback last year in a draft class that in my opinion was much better than this year's draft class so, if you pass on the quarterback last year, why would you pick one this year when they're not as good as the ones last year, like unless they can get Kyler Murray, which I don't think they can unless they trade up for him to me, it just doesn't make sense for them to draft the quarterback if I'm them, I would draft someone like an Ed Oliver and maybe trade down and get more draft picks
0: maybe so, but that's why, in my opinion, I'm going to stick to the opinion that this is Eli Manning's last year as a member of the Giants and that they're going to go with Dwayne Haskins at six.
1: I mean, I agree with it being Eli's last year, but I just feel like I personally, as a general manager, wouldn't make that because it's, it's it'd be a very desperate move. I mean, granted, if you pick Haskins and maybe sit him for a year, I could understand it and it could potentially work out. I just think by doing that, what you basically did was you essentially wasted two years of Saquon Barkley's prime and you wasted two years of Odell's prime because they're not going to make the playoffs next year, in my opinion, even even if Dwayne Haskins were to start. So it'll be interesting to see. And also, a lot of the moves that the Giants are making, I mean, granted, this is just one move, but t- trading for someone like Kevin Zeitler, they're trying to surround Eli with as many... They're trying to protect Eli as much as they can, and I guess maybe get one last run out of him. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe they also go after a guy like maybe Teddy Bridgewater in free agency who can be sort of a short-term fix after, even after Eli retires, and, like, they can bring him in and have him sort of compete for the starting job. But I don't know. I just don't see them picking a quarterback. I Or
0: at least if I were the general manager, I wouldn't do it. That's yeah, your opinion, but I think Dave Gelman really likes uh, Dwayne Hoskins. By the way,
1: yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it really it'll be interesting. I know it's a huge need for them, but it, it, it I wouldn't be surprised if they do it. I just wouldn't do it myself.
0: So yeah, I have at seven. I have the Jaguars getting Montez Sweat to fill the need that Dante Fowler left. And then I also have the – I changed my mind on the Packers getting uh, TJ Hawkinson at 12, and then the Dolphins getting Rashawn Gary at 13, and then the Redskins getting Devin Bush at 15, and then I have the uh, Tennessee Titans getting A.J. Brown at at 19, and then Marquise Brown going to the Phillies at 20 – to the Eagles at 25, and then Dillard going to the Chargers at 28, Christian Wilkins – to the chiefs at 29 and then Riley Ridley to green Bay at 30. And then Brian Burns going to the Rams at 31.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. You know, it really depends on where these quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. Cause if these quarterbacks end up going high, some good players are going to fall in the draft. Like a guy like an Andre Dillard falling to twenty twenty eight. Marquise Brown is interesting who you mentioned going to the Eagles it's interesting because his pro comparison is Deshaun Jackson. A lot of people are comparing him to Deshaun Jackson, and I like that comparison. The only, I guess, hesitation I would have is that he didn't really get that many reps as a as a return specialist. And Deshaun Jackson was a great return specialist with the Eagles. But if if the Eagles can draft him, that would that
0: would be very interesting
1: if they go in that direction. Uh, in that direction, I should say.
0: Yeah, so uh, did you agree with the other picks like Jacksonville getting a Montez Sweat at seven?
1: I No, I, I would have to respectfully disagree with that only because I know Montez Sweat had a great combine. And after after looking at some film, it's not that he isn't – he's a raw prospect. He's a fantastic athlete, fantastic athlete. But his problem is he isn't really refined in terms of his technique as a pass rusher. He's he's, Like I said, he's a great athlete. If he goes to a team like the Jaguars, it could benefit him from the standpoint of he'd be a rotational pass rusher. He wouldn't have to play right away because you have Yannick Ngakwe and you have Calais Campbell. So he isn't going to be thrown into the fire right away. So from a fit standpoint, the Jaguars actually would make some sense. Um, Another team that could be a potential fit for him would be a team like the Seahawks. Um, But for me, I think the Jaguars would probably be better off going after offensive line help, especially if they bring in Nick Foles, because I feel like the Jaguars are in a situation right now where they're built to win now. So if they go after Nick Foles, they got to protect him and kind of build a team similar to the Eagles. Cause remember when Nick Foles was with the Eagles, they had a great offensive line. So I think the Jaguars need to surround him with the same thing.
0: Yeah, I could agree with that a hundred percent, but, uh, that's why I see them going defense first because they need somebody to replace Dante Fowler Jr. at the seventh pick in the draft with the uh, Jaguars.
1: Well, I, I, I agree that they need to replace Fowler. I just don't see them doing it with their first-round pick, especially you know, with someone with Montez Sweat. I think that might be a need because they're, they're fine at the edge positions. They have Yannick Ngakwe and they have Calais Campbell. They just need a, another rotational guy. And I'm sure you can find someone later in the draft or maybe, like, an affordable option in free agency.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, who do you have Jacksonville taking at seven?
1: I would say they probably go after someone like Andre Dillard or Jordan Williams. It really depends on who's available at that point. But I see them addressing the offensive line because we, we saw what happened last year when Ken Robinson got hurt. Now, granted, he's he's still developing as a prospect, but... You always – especially since there's there's a good chance they sign Nick Foles, they need to address the offensive line and, and make sure that they do everything they can to protect them.
0: Yeah, they will because I do expect the Jaguars in the end to uh, sign Nick Foles.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that they're going to do that as well.
0: So, that being said here uh, – so, that with that being said here, uh, tell me uh, if you agree with this. Do you agree with the Green Bay Packers using their first – with their first-round picks on T.J. Hawkinson and, uh, and uh, Riley Ridley?
1: You, you know, it, it's not that I don't like those players. T.J. Hawkinson's very, very good. Um, I just think, for me, it's interesting because he could sort of be that George Kittle-type player. It's just I I feel, for me, if I'm the Packers – my priority is to protect Aaron Rodgers. So I would – to me, I would try to get an offensive lineman with one of my first-round picks, even my second one if I can. But at the very least, get at least one offensive lineman and then get some help on defense, specifically at edge rusher, because there's a really good chance they don't bring back Clay Matthews. And edge rusher, even with him on the roster, is still a huge need for them. So to me, I think that they should address – the offensive line and defensive line first, I feel like they're okay at the skill position players. They, they can address that later on in the draft.
0: Yeah, they could, but, that, but I, I, uh, I agree with your opinion, but the reason why I have them getting Hawkinson and Ridley is because most likely the Packers are not going to keep Randall Cobb and that Riley Ridley could fill that void that Randall Cobb left. And I also think TJ Hawkinson could pair with Jimmy Graham.
1: Yeah, I mean they're good football players. The only reason I don't see them, I wouldn't pick them, is because to me, I actually like the Packers' receiving core. Even if they let Randall Cobb go, I feel like some of their young receivers last year really stepped up. Um, obviously, them being rookies, you know, they didn't dominate right away. But I feel like with another season under their belt, I feel like they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna play much better. And I feel like Matt Lafleur is gonna is gonna be able to utilize them very well in his offense.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about the Packers next week for sure. And uh, what about the picks at 28 and 29? Do you agree with the Chargers getting Andre Dillard and do you agree with the Chiefs getting Christian Wilkins?
1: I mean, if those guys are available at that point in the draft, they're fantastic picks from both teams. I just don't think that they would be available. I think they go a little bit earlier. Um, I could see someone like Dillard going in the top 10. Um, I could see Wilkins maybe going in the middle first round. I could see a team like the Browns maybe drafting him. Um, I'm trying to think whether the team really needs help on the interior defensive line. Um, Really off the top, a a team like the Lions could maybe pick him. So it's really interesting. Um, And with the Chiefs, um, I I wouldn't really say that the interior defensive line is the biggest need for them. I mean, Bolton's is a heck of a football player. I think, for me, corner's a much bigger need for them. Edge rusher as well because apparently they're trying to move D four and also they're trying to – or they just released Justin Houston. So, to me, the edge rusher and corner's a much bigger need for them.
0: Yeah, there is there, – I could change my mind on, on the Chiefs. Chiefs getting some outside linebacker help. So, I have them getting now – who I have them in my mock draft. I have them ge- I have them getting Jahe Polite from Florida.
1: Oh, Jahe Polite, yeah. I mean, he, he's interesting because I think his draft stock's actually falling a little bit because he ha- physically had a bad combine and apparently he didn't do very well with the, in the interviews, so his draft stock's kind of going down, so he could potentially be there in the later first rounds, but I think for me, they might go after a corner like a DeAndre Baker or a Byron Murphy if they're available. They might have to. They might go after someone like that, or maybe like a Byron Burns.
0: No, I have. I have Brian Burns landing with one of my teams in the LA Rams. Yeah, but I think the Rams pick after the
1: Chiefs, so the Chiefs could potentially scoop him up a little bit before the Rams pick. What were you saying? Yeah, I said the Rams pick after the Chiefs, so put, the Chiefs could potentially pick up Burns before the Rams pick. But it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see. It really just it all is going to come down to like who's available at that point and scheme fit as well. Maybe someone like Cleveland Farrell can also be someone they decide to pick. So it really depends on who's available.
0: Yeah, so that's why I have I have the Chiefs getting. Jahe Polite at 29, and then I have Brian Burns going to the Rams at 31. But when it comes to my Patriots with the 32nd pick in the draft, I still have them picking uh, Noah Fant in 32 because I could see the Patriots using a uh, three-tight end set with Fant and uh, Bennett and Gronk.
1: Yeah, I could, totally, I could totally see that because they haven't, they haven't had that vertical threat tight end um, since Aaron Hernandez. So if they can get someone like Noah Noah Fant, he would be a great addition to their offense. Um, you know, it's interesting because I think, for me, I actually I feel like the Patriots, it depends. Because from a value standpoint, I can see the Patriots taking a guy like uh, Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State. Um, so he, he toured ACL recently, but if he didn't get hurt, he was projected to be a top five, top ten pick. So from a value standpoint, he might, he might miss the rest of the year or at least not be back until the playoffs. I could see a team like the Patriots taking him in the um, with the last pick in the first round because they're probably not going to need him to contribute right away. And if he can come back maybe by the playoffs, you have a solid contributor on defense that can that can help you out on another playoff run.
0: What were you saying again? Because I do believe that my Patriots will still get Noah Fant in 32.
1: So I think that the Patriots are... Unless they trade their first round pick, I think a guy like Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State, the, the defensive tackle, who Offensive just recently, tackle. no, he's a defensive tackle. Okay, so yeah, he, he tore his recently, and if if he hadn't gotten hurt, he was projected to be a top five or top ten pick. So if there's a team that takes a chance on him in the first round, I could see the Patriots doing it. Because he's probably not going to play at all during a regular season. There's a slight chance – because, I mean, the Patriots, I think, are going to make the playoffs. There's a slight chance he might come back by the playoffs. He could be a contributor for them in in the playoff push that they make. So, I could see – because from a value standpoint, when he gets healthy, which I think he will eventually, he's going to be a dominant player.
0: Yeah. So, you agree with Noah Fant being a Patriot with that three tight ends that with him and Gronk and and Bennett –
1: I can see see the fit. Um, I just... I personally would go with Jeffrey Simmons. I think he would be... I think... Because I I think long-term, he'll be the better player. And I I value interior defensive linemen more than tight ends. So to me, if they could get him a potential top-10 talent at 32, to me, it makes more sense. But Noah Fant wouldn't be a bad pick either.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so that being said here, uh, let's talk about prediction of where Antonio Brown is going to be traded to. I predict, I think by the end of this, I think he'll end up being an Oakland Raider.
1: I mean, based on the reports that are out there, I think that he, he could end up there. Um, I don't know if the Niners are still in the mix. I mean, last I checked, the teams that were in the mix were, I think, the Titans, the Redskins.
0: Or I think Carolina
1: should be in the mix to get him. I mean, I don't really see the. I don't think the Panthers need him. I mean, they have some young wide receivers. A a veteran presence could help someone like Cam Newton, but I just don't think that they would they would trade for him because remember the thing with with Antonio Brown is it's it's not the issue isn't his ability as a football player. It's all the off the field stuff, or the locker room problems are are the issue. It's not his his ability as a football player, and our team's willing to deal with that.
0: Yeah, you, you could be absolutely right about that, but but with that being said, I think AB gets traded to... I think he'll be traded to the 49ers by, by the end of this, and I also think Le'Veon Bell will sign with either your New York Jets or the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: I mean, I've... This is, this is probably a long shot, but apparently the Chiefs could make a run at Le'Veon Bell. In terms of I don't think this is going to happen. The Colts would make the most sense for Le'Veon Bell. I just don't think the Colts are going to go after him. Like they would sign Le'Veon Bell if they could get him, I guess, at a reasonable price. But I just don't see them giving uh, giving Le'Veon Bell like top market money. So because of that, I don't see him going to the Colts. But from a fit standpoint, he'd make perfect sense.
0: What were you saying again?
1: Oh, I said Le- Le'Veon Bell would make. He'd be a perfect for, for a team like the Colts.
0: Yeah, but do you think he will end up? Uh, do you think he'll end up? Uh, what you call this? Uh, uh hold on. Uh, do you think? Do you think he'll end up being?
1: Uh... Well, for for me, I mean. Like you mentioned, like the Jets could be a possible landing spot. The Raiders could be a sleeper team. Uh, the Chiefs, the Eagles. I, I, for me personally, and th- this is something I've been been saying a lot. To me, Tevin Coleman should be a higher priority for teams than someone like Le'Veon Bell, just because you're getting better value with Tevin Coleman. He's two years younger. You're probably going to get him at a at a cheaper a cheaper rate. It just makes more sense for teams to go after someone like Tevin Coleman. Obviously, he's not Le'Veon Bell, but I just feel like Le'Veon Bell wants too much money, and I, I personally wouldn't sign him if I'm any team.
0: Yeah, I could agree with that for sure. So, uh, so let's talk about some free agent previews, which will be our final uh, thoughts of the day. So, when it comes to free agent, my t- my free agents that the Patriots and Rams will need will keep and let go. I think the Patriots will move on from Philip Dorsett. And I think the Patriots will uh, keep uh, Trey Flowers, uh, Steven Gostowski, and Ryan Allen and Trump Brown for sure. Rams keep uh, C.J. Anderson uh, along with uh, what you would call this, along with Saffold and and Fowler. And then I think the Jets, um, I think they're going to find a way to extend Robbie Anderson.
1: Well, I mean, they did just give him a a franchise tender, so I think he's going to play under that contract going into next season. As far as other guys that they might consider bringing back, um, considering that they're going to stay in the 3-4 defense, they might try to bring back Henry Anderson. It's really going to come down to how much money he wants. If they can bring him back with another one-year deal, I would be happy. But if he wants too much money, I think that they're going to go in a different direction.
0: Yeah, we'll see about that. But my final NFL thought is uh, I'm excited about the Patriots bringing back Bennett. I'm, I'm thrilled about Eric Weddle joining the Rams. But next moves, Patriots bring back Danny Amendola, and I also think they'll bring back Martellus Bennett and also keep Jason McCourty.
1: Yeah, down. I mean, free agency – yeah. Um, free agency – I guess the legal tampering period starts on Monday, I think. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see uh, whether the big-name free agents or where some of the big-name free agents sign. So I can't wait for it. I'm really excited. Yeah.
0: So with that, with that, with that being said, I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you on Wednesday, right? We'll preview what's in store for the Bears and the uh, Packers this off se- this upcoming off season, along with previewing free agency, which the new league year begins then.
1: Yeah, for sure. See you then, man. Wednesday. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Have a
0: good weekend. And I'll talk to you Wednesday.
1: All right. Take care, Lorenzo. See you then.